Hey guys, welcome to Anime Rewind, the podcast where we revisit animes from our childhood and try to see if they hold up to today or if they should just remain a good memory. My name's Luffy. I'm Shang. And I'm Mist. Ooh, ooh, what was that? What was that sultry whisper you gave us there, Mist? I don't know. I feel like I need to do something different because I'm so sad. <laughs> what? Oh, no. I thought it was You're because. You're so sad? I thought it was because Halloween's coming up. Ooh, that too. Actually. Why would that yeah. make him oh. sad? But I, I thought it was making him spooky. And I'm missed. Ooh, ooh. Mm. All right, we're, ooh. we can't, we can't release that audio file. We need to sell that one. Five dollars. <laughs> That's for the Patreon <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> Patreon Diamond Tier subscribers. Be excited. <laughs> just, 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 just put the censor beep over that, so they, they, they just don't oh, wonder. No. Beep. What the heck was that? <laughs> what do you say? All right, all right. Well. You know, we were we were chatting before the before the podcast, and um, Shang Shang seemed real excited today to bring bring us some brand new news about um, recent developments within the financial world of uh, his wallet. I'm broke, man. I'm bro- <laughs> no, not really. Not re- this time. This time, I I know every month or every episode we talk about ooh. What's the big crazy thing we did? Oh, we, we're just broke every month, constantly. There is no different outcome. Well, this time, this time it's actually different. Well, at least for me, at least. I don't know about you, boy. <laughs> so, instead of buying stuff for anime, I know it's crazy. I haven't spent no money on anime, no figures, no gotchas nothing i've actually spent that money on myself (gasps) what you spend it on i'm putting my life together boys we're getting healthy we lost him we lost him it's a peloton isn't it Uh. (laughs) no maybe i'm biking as we speak (laughs) that's right you can hear it in my voice (laughs) as i'm pedaling harder and harder but oh yeah that's that's Kind of what happened in the past month. Like I told myself, you know what? This this month, this time, cross my fingers, we're gonna be responsible. We're gonna be responsible. We're gonna spend this money in the most responsible way, and we're gonna be selfish about it. Even though technically, I've been selfish the past other months, but this time it's a different kind of selfish. That's right. That's right. Because instead of having that cute waifu on the display, which you know it's kind of regrettable. I'll turn myself into the cute waifu. There you go. That's right. See? Hell yeah. Transforming before our eyes. That's right. I am now the one-to-one waifu. <laughs> so Shang's becoming a Maho Sojo. Got it. Oh no. Magical <laughs> next, girl. Next week we're gonna we're gonna see on the resin figure shop one one to one scale Shang figurine. What, what happened? Honestly, if, if the that. dream, if, if if I could have like the perfect idol in my mind, well, not my mind, the perfect role model for me right now is literally Armstrong. Oh, <laughs> we'll see Shang with the mustache too. I'll be bald. I'll have a blonde mustache, and I will I will sparkle every time I smile. <laughs> hey, he's not bald. He's got one little hair. You're already oh, sparkling, yeah, a little Shang. tuft. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's good. That's good, Jang. I actually, you know what? I'm in the I'm in the same Congrats, boat. Man. I uh, I recently got back from one of our friends' weddings, and I saw I saw my photo, and I I saw a little belly poking out, and I was like, you know what? 
Maybe I have been eating too well. Maybe I should <laughs> put in some time into exercise. But, but haven't you also bought more manga? Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about a brighter <laughs> note where where I um I I I've been reading some different mangas recently. Now actually um now that that Shang brings it up, I um I did recently start building my manga collection. It's very humble right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. first series that I've completed is Death Note. And um oh. a, a fun note is I, I actually never have finished Death Note before. So in addition to um reading it, I actually um bought the series like long, long ago. I, I finally popped into Blu-rays and started watching the episodes. Um surprisingly, it's pretty good in the dub. Like L has a very, very deep and uh uh I don't know. Something about his voice, you know, makes me want to keep watching. It's it's weird. It's weird. But it's what? it's good. I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what kind of voice actors they chose. It's probably Troy Baker, but I don't know. His voice sounds pretty good. <laughs> You know, you know, Miss. It's funny. We were we were talking. I was talking to Luffy about you know, what's the next anime going to be? And I thought to myself, you know, if we do like a modern anime, modern-ish anime, I wonder what it'd be. And I thought, hmm, if someone were to choose, like, say, Death Note, I feel like it would either be you. No, it'd probably just be you, Miss. I I didn't expect Luffy to drop Death Note out of nowhere. <laughs> Look, I, I gotta say, I'm. I think I'm on episode eleven or so. It's it's pretty good. I I think I watched up to like five in the past, and then I remember like as it was airing, I was like, you know what, this show's overhyped. I'm, I'm gonna go watch my One Piece. You know, that's what I'm all about. And then I I kind of just left it alone. I I've always known it was good. It's just like I never picked it up. But I finally started watching it. I actually like it so far. Coincidentally, I also collected an entire manga because Viz sells this like one and two version of Death Note called the Black Edition, where the border of the pages are like straight up black. So like it's like a black cover, black spine, black um whatever back cover. Anyway, it, it just looks really sleek on the bookshelf, and I was like, you know what? That's mm. gonna be the first thing I picked up. The other now thing that's I that's edgy. That's right, because I am an edgy person. Right. So I've learned. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> um, the other thing I did start collecting was uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. I think I grabbed the first oh. 17 volumes. I, I mean, I like the series. I think what really put me over the edge was um, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero came out finally on uh, Crunchyroll. Rewatched it like three times in three days or something like that. And I was like, you know oh, what? Wow. I actually like what this series is kind of like dishing out. So I'm going to start collecting. So... Those are the those are the two series sitting on my bookshelf right now. Still real humble, still real humble. What a coincidence! Because Jujutsu Kaisen is also one of the ones that I've got. I'm only up to volume nine personally, but I'm also collecting <gasps> Jujutsu Kaisen. You are. Well, we're collection buddies now. As well as Demon Slayer. Oh. I don't have a whole lot of manga yet as well. As well, but I do want to start start a collection. Look at these two so, anime guys. I I haven't bought anything recently, but hearing you talk about you know Jujutsu Kaisen and manga, when I'm like, oh, oh, I need to start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh no. Luckily, there's a, I'm only a couple states away from uh, from Akino, so. Ah. I can get pretty good shipping. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I I actually like Kinokuniya because they they keep everything like individually packaged and they maintain the quality of the like the integrity of the book pretty well. So yeah, 
Oh, yeah. I was also getting stuff from uh, Right Stuff because they also do pretty good. They're pretty good with their shipping as well. But I think they're based in Canada. So, oh, are they? A little, a little far away, yeah. Um, but I, I actually didn't want to talk too much about spending. I actually wanted to share with you. Um, there were, there was a manga series I finished reading recently. Um, coincidentally, there's an anime coming out for it. Uh, by Mappa, but the the series itself is called Hell's Paradise. It's uh, surprisingly it ended up pretty good. It's only like 127 chapters long. I read the whole thing in maybe like a week. But it, it, the idea of the story is like there's an emperor who's seeking an elixir of life on uh, mm-hmm. that's for some reason located on this like very dangerous island and essentially after five attempts with his kind of his people and sending them out and them coming back being dead he recruits 10 convicts and 10 like pro samurais and sends them out in pairs onto the island the story kind of follows those 20 people on the island as they kind of figure out uh, where the elixir of life is and they also figure out what's kind of killing all the other people that were sent in the past. It's a pretty good series. Uh, it's by a guy named Yuji Kaku. Uh, he also had a second series that I was reading called Ayashiman, which was, it's weird. It's like some Yakuza series and then like all the Yakuza turn into big demons and then the main character, want, all he wanted in life was to be a manga protagonist. So he's kind of like the guy from One Punch Man where like everything he punches is like he like obliterates everything in one punch. But then because he starts fighting demons, he can't obliterate them in one punch. And then they also start to hurt him. And he gets really excited because he's like and like in every fight, like at one point he starts to get beat up. Right. And like, you know, the the side pro- side characters like oh no is he gonna be all right and he'll he's always like you know like the protagonist gets beat down first but then he comes back and wins it's pretty it's pretty interesting unfortunately the series got canceled after chapter 25 so there's only 25 chapters out but but it was a fun read so i i finished that in like two days but i i really enjoyed those two series that i read recently so that's that's what i wanted to bring to the table here today at anime rewind a very special month of october halloween so i'm sharing with you those two series because they are supposedly quote-unquote spooky spooky series interesting so which reminds me of like a recommendation a friend of ours recommended and it's kind of on like the gory spooky side i suppose i'm i'm sure either of you have heard of ajin Oh, yes. I have. It's been on my need-to-watch list for a while. I just took it off because I'm like, I'm never going to fucking watch this. So I, I watched it. Actually, the animation on the for the show is really good. I always wanted to read it, though, but I haven't found a place to read it yet. But um, the series, I think the series premise reminds me a little bit of, like, Tokyo Ghoul because it's the idea of, like, there's, like, these demons hiding inside human bodies or something or, like, demons hiding as humans. And, um, yeah, the humans don't like them, so they hunt them down. And one of the main characters, I think, finds out he's, like, a demon or something like that. I, f- I forget the main premise, but it's, it's something along that lines. And I remember, I remember it's, like, there's, like, two seasons on Netflix. I think I had a good time with it. Well, I haven't watched anything about it. I just, 
remember starting the, the manga series a little bit and I just like stopped because I guess I just don't like reading anymore. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, this this conversation about reading manga is like kind of stirred those emotions a little bit because I've been I've been wanting to read. I just honestly just anything really. So I might look into these recommendations you, you talk about. And if Mist has any, I'll definitely look into those too. Cause I just I, actually do have I just need later. something something that'll catch my attention. I'll take any recommendation you boys got. Webtoons, manga, a doodle you just drew up, whatever you got. Uh, 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 my my <laughs> so, own personal manga series I've been drawing recently. Fan fiction. Oh shit. Well, actually, on that note, I did just finish a manga uh, that I really really liked. I don't know if it's still going. I haven't researched it yet, but it's called Black Torch. Um, it's got 19 chapters on Viz or Shonen Jump, whichever you equate to that being. But it's basically this kid grows up with a really strict grandpa who, you know, teaches him close quarters combat, ninja stuff, things like that. But he has this weird ability where he can talk to animals. Oh. Mm. But then just through sheer coincidence and random happenstance, because he can talk to animals, the animals lead him to this injured cat quote-unquote and all of a sudden he finds himself in a war between ninjas and demons so wait a second wait a second it went from it went from a cat to ninjas and demons Mm -hmm. that's all i'm gonna give you that sounds very ninja (laughs) guidance it's it's super cool um if if you kind of like the little bit more gritty um demon human interaction stuff then black torch is definitely my recommendation it's, it's pretty short only 19 chapters right now i don't know if it's still going or not um but really really good read yeah i'll have to check it out if it's that short definitely definitely i put it on my list there was um it, there was it was funny i was watching youtube because that's what i do in my in my time away from recording, Whoa, I, was, you I watched too? YouTube. That's crazy. And um, there was there was a video. This guy was talking about other series that uh, the guy who did Chainsaw Man did. And there's this one called, oh man, I forgot what it's called. Like Black Flame or Flame Torch or Flame Man or something. Flame. But um, the series is only apparently like a f- maybe fifty or so chapters. But apparently, it's really good. It might be a little depressing, but apparently it's as crazy as Chainsaw Man is in terms of like I have no idea what's going on, but I can't stop reading or I can't stop looking at the pages because it's kind of like oh, no. just it's such a chaotic mess that you can't draw yourself away from it. Apparently, is what I'm hearing. So I is was it, I was thinking is about it called that. Fire Punch. It's called Fire Punch. Did I get it completely wrong? Yes, you like <laughs> throw a torch. You throw a black. I'm like black torch. Like isn't that what Miss just said? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was it called again, Ching? Fire punch. Fire punch. That's the one. That's that's the one. It's only eight volumes, so it. I think it's also a short read. I'm. I'm a. I'm gonna write it down so I don't forget and start calling it black flame or whatever I was calling it over there. <laughs> it's like what what why why? i guess there's some fire and there's something close to whatever miss said got it they're just (laughs) super similar it's kind of weird but all right uh what about you miss other than um reading black torch uh, what have you been up to the past month 
Um, not a whole lot. Bought a couple figures. Been working. Uh, uh, and then yes. uh, just dumping money into Genshin like a fool. No, not like a fool. At, like le- a at wise least man. you know, right? At least you know you like Genshin. Yes. I did find a new, not quite Genshin clone, but plays like Genshin that's coming out by the people who did Punishing Grey Raven that I'm excited oh, for. Oh, I know exactly the one you're talking about. I am not touching yes. that one. Because <laughs> yeah, you will spend too much money. <laughs> that is also true. And because if I'm going... Don't get me wrong. I like these gotcha games. I like King's Raid. I'll probably wait for King's Raid 2 eventually to come out to dump more money. I like... I like the games that MiHoYo is busting out, but I'm waiting for specific ones before I start wailing. I will admit that. I will dump money into these games, but I'm waiting. Also, if you like Arknights in the universe, Arknights is coming out with a new uh, kind of JRPG-style game, so that's on the horizon next year. And it looks great. I'm also waiting for Girls Frontline 2. You know what? You know what mobile game I'm waiting for? An English version of the Full Metal Alchemist one that I've been playing. It's dude, that that <laughs> Are you still game, playing that? Dude, it's so good. It's and it's, it's so generous. Yeah, it's actually really good. I, I haven't played it in a while, but I, I really did enjoy what I played of it because it's like everything that I wanted from Fire Emblem Heroes. And it tells the oh. entire story of Full Metal Alchemist. Like it literally follows it pretty beat by beat. And so it Unfortunately, I can't read anything. That <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I thought I thought you understood. Well, I not you mostly understood Japanese. The only thing I could read was there is a tab that said "gotcha," and I was like, "That's where I roll." <laughs> I think I've played it a good bit where I kind of understand what all the what all the buttons do. Besides that, I don't know what I'm looking at besides playing the game. Honestly, it was pretty intuitive. I was I was surprised by how intuitive it is, and it's it's a fun game. I really hope Square Enix decides to bring it to America because I, I would so too. I would love to play it. It's a very beautiful game. Plays very Fire Emblem esque. It's 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 something Fire Emblem Fire Fire Emblem Heroes should have been, but I guess I guess Nintendo didn't want to dump that much money into mobile games. But anyway, <laughs> my favorite uh, part. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Shang. But my favorite part of the game is when it starts. It literally introduces a character that shows up in episode sixty of sixty four, right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I was like when I first booted up like last time. It's like, guys, I think I just got spoiled. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like, oops. And so they're having their Halloween event, and they have lust and envy in their costumes. Oh, really? Ooh. I'm going back. That's the, that's the banner currently. Ooh. The la- the banner before that, or I think it's still going, is. Uh, when Alphonse has the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, yeah, you got that one, right? Yeah, so cool. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I was not lucky during that time. That was, that was not, that was not the time of my blessed rolls. Which, which is funny, because one of the things, one of the, one of the conversations in the, this list of things is how I feel like that game specifically can make different versions of these characters based on their, their attitudes. Yeah, yeah. Like a certain topic that I can't wait we get to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, you know how you know how I worked that conversation towards towards the right direction. I'm just kidding. It's just complete coincidence. It's just coincidence. I don't <laughs> own that shit. That's of course it was all planned. It's all it planned. It's in the script. 
Uh, this episode, we are going to be talking about Full Metal Alchemist episodes 53 to 64. And by Full Metal Alchemist, I mean Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So we're going from 53 to the end. And honestly, what a way to end the series. I There were some tears. I got to admit, what there, were, there were tears. It's over. Oh, it's not over? It's Shane? not over. It's not over? You're telling me that Alphonse's journey throughout Shing is not an, another season to be made? I'm going to be honest with you. I actually had like a tiny pocket of hope today. It's like when a I little was Googling. open-ended ending. Yeah, I, I was honestly hoping that... I was hoping that the author would return to Full Metal Alchemist because it's been like 12 years or something. I was like, oh, she's got to be done with some series. What if she comes back and tells a story about like Alphonse in the East and Ed in the West? Nah, not 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 happening yet. Because like it'd be such an interesting thing where we see Alphonse who still has his alchemy with like the Chimera trying to get, you know, their bodies back and seeing what he learns while we have Ed, Ed could literally be like his dad, gone. We couldn't care less until the brothers meet back up. That's that's when it's like, oh, the brothers are back together for the thing. But no, it's just all fan fiction now. It's just hopes and dreams. Well, there is a movie out there. Well, know. There is a movie out there that takes place after the series. How dare really? they do that? What? <laughs> yeah, I think I it's, um, well, I think it's a, uh, what is it called? Non-canonical or whatever. Of course movie. it is. Of course. But um yeah, I heard I heard there's a movie. It's called like The Sacred Star of Milos or something. Um I heard it's okay. I've never seen it before. I mean, I definitely would be interested. But um other than that, yeah, um what were your what were y'all's impressions of our final set of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episodes? Roller coaster. Yeah. That, yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> you know what that that is a really one hundred percent a roller coaster. A good roller coaster or a roller coaster that makes you want to puke? It's like the roller coaster that has the most messed up loops. And but then, you still love the hell out of it. But you you love the hell out of it. You're super sick once you get off, but you want to <laughs> get back on it. And you do. And then you wonder why midway through why you did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, I, I felt like this set was probably the most shonen like part of the series like we had so many fights like so many matchups you know like if you ever read like the forums you know back in the day everyone's like oh blah 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 should fight blah 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 and blah 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 should fight him this is definitely the avenger mo like what was that movie last movie called I, I, avenger endgame endgame yeah endgame. this is literally the yeah, avenger sure. endgame type um set that i've been like hoping for because throughout like the last set, I was like, dude, why is this suddenly the Avengers? Why like all the, the the groups are coming together? Yeah, they gotta fight their way to central, but it's like the 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 groups are colliding in this massive battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess before we dive deeper into um what we liked and our thoughts about the episode set, why don't we go ahead and do some of that good old patented anime rewind recap. Oh no, we oh, have that patented. Oh, that's right, it's patented now. We 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 paid for the patent. No one else is allowed to say the words recap anymore. <laughs> All right. 
So episode episode 53, we pick back up in Central. Mustang is there underground at the moment that Ed and the gang are kind of being overwhelmed by the Immortal Legion. And Mustang essentially clears them all out. And he comes to a head-to-head with Envy, who he finds out was the one who murdered Maze Hughes. And that sends Mustang on a rampage. He very viciously starts lighting Envy on fire. Envy is, like, trying to taunt him, but he doesn't even fall for it. Like, I think at one point, Envy runs away. Mustang chases after him. And Envy shows up as Hughes, like, disguised as Hughes. And he's like, oh, Mustang's a human. He's gonna, he's gonna hesitate. And Mustang just lights it up. And he's like, oh, was your friend? What could you do? But it only makes Mustang angrier and angrier. And Scar, who was, who was there fighting the Immortal Legion, was sees like what Mustang's anger is like leading him to. And he like turns to Eddie. He's like, hey, hey, man, your your friend is going down the deep hole. We got to you might want to you might want to pull him out of it. So essentially, there's a there's a final confrontation where Envy is about to die. And Mustang is one snap away from ending his life. But through Hawkeye, Scar and Ed all talking to him and reminding him of his goal to be fearer and not letting his anger get the better of him, he's able to spare Envy's life. However, Envy becomes so upset by the fact that his life was spared because Ed, looking at Envy and looking at Envy squirm, realizes that Envy has always been jealous of the the strength of the human will the uh even though humans make mistakes they always come back stronger and envy in at the end takes his own life and disappears after that we pick up with the armstrong's fighting sloth the the fight continues sloth essentially it it ends up being just a very typical shonen battle a lot of back and forth Armstrong's arm was shoulder was dislocated. He uses the force of sloth charging in them to set his sh- uh, shoulder back into place, and then he pummels the guy. And then eventually, sloth, uh, you know, dies one too many times. And as he's dying, he goes, "Man, dying is troublesome." And then he disappears. Good old sloth. As we move into episode fifty-five, that's where the action really picks up. We see Bradley return, um, who has been presumed dead for a while, but he shows up. He's completely fine. He's got both his swords up, and he starts to just slice and dice up the brig soldiers as he walks into Central. And the people who kind of stand up to fight against Bradley are Buccaneer, Greed, and Fu, and in a really good action sequence essentially buccaneer and fu are both mortally wounded and they sacrifice their life fighting bradley and are able to at least inflict the mortal wound on bradley greed is able to survive the fight however both greed and lanfan are very shook by the fact that fu has passed away since that is one of their um dear dear friends from shing greed or Actually, Ling has a moment where he laments the fact that even because he has the Philosopher's Stone, he can't die, but he can't even save his own subordinates, even though he has that stone so close to him. Later on, we go back underground and Ed's group with Mustang, Hawkeye, Scar, and May confront the man with the gold tooth who summons a bunch of uh, would-be Bradleys is how he calls it to fight against them and it seems to be 
essentially a tactic to stall for time. Eventually, once everything is in place, the eclipse begins to happen. Um, the gold, the gold tooth man uses some sort of transmutation circle to transport Ed, Al, uh, their teacher, and the the father is no Hohenheim is already downstairs, but they transfer them all down to the basement to where father is, or better known as Dwarf in the Flask, homunculus. And um there's a fight that breaks out and essentially the father is like, wait a second, I only have four sacrifices here. Where's my fifth one? Meanwhile, back with the gold tooth guy, even though Ed disappeared, Mustang is still fighting with Hawkeye Scar and May. At one point uh, both Bradley and Selim show up and they pin Mustang down and forcefully make him do human transmutation, which causes him to give up his eyes. Mustang is then transported down with Father and then the five sacrifices are there in place. Father unleashes a gigantic nationwide human transmutation circle, which allows him to... Absorb enough souls from Amestris to swallow up God. And it turns him into a very young-looking Hohenheim. Almost immediately after he swallows up God, Hohenheim actually unleashes his own gigantic transmutation circle. And that's when he reveals that the scene where he kind of poked his hands into his chest and brought blood out and said sorry to some names was actually him setting up this transmutation circle and the conduit or the circle in which the, the, the transmutation circle would find energy was actually from the shadow caused by the eclipse upon the nation. And that transmutation circle is able to free all the souls of a mistress, which um, starts to make the father figure look a little bit strange. And a bunch of fights ensue in, in the meanwhile. Uh, May and Al fight father first because the alchemy in a has been shut down. Ed and Pride are fighting each other, and Scar confronts Bradley to begin fighting. Scar, in the fight against Bradley, demonstrates some crazy character growth, starts using alchemy and saying that he's accepted what his brother was studying and that he's going to use his power to reform the Ishvalan um, or bring the, rebuild the Ishvalan people. Um, eventually, Scar is... Uh, victorious against Bradley, mainly because of the mortal wounds inflicted by Buccaneer and Fu earlier. At one point, after Scar is victorious, he's able to activate his brother's transmutation circle, which then reactivates the ability for everybody to do alchemy in a mistress, which allows Ed, Al, Man, Hohenheim, Din to unleash a barrage attacks on Father. Father loses some of his power and begins to have a hard time holding down the god that he swallowed. So he rises up to the surface to try and find another way to make another Philosopher's Stone. Um, everyone follows him except for Ed who stays down to fight Pride. Pride is a little bit beat up and tries to absorb Ed saying that he could use his body as a vessel since his current body is falling apart. In which at that point... The Kimberly that has been absorbed inside Pride is like, hey, wait a second, I don't like that. And Pride's like, Kimberly, how could you do this? How could you how could you keep your individuality in the torment of souls? And Kimberly is essentially like, I love it down here. But I don't like the fact 
that you, Pride, are trying to become a human when you're supposed to hold on to your Pride as a homunculus. So Kimberly essentially causes Pride's own downfall. And in an effort to save Pride the person, Ed actually transforms himself into a transmutation, into a Philosopher's Stone to dive inside Selim and is able to save essentially pride in the form of a tiny, tiny little baby, like very, like the size of a thumb. After that, everyone rises to the surface and a big fight between father ensues. Essentially, father is just really strong. Everyone gets wiped out. At one point, Ed has is stuck to a piece of uh, stone and has something piercing his arm and he's stuck. And father starts to walk towards him, wanting to consume Ed for um, power to fuel his Philosopher's Stone. Al, seeing that, sacrifices himself by reverting the seal on his armor to regenerate Ed's arm, Ed's um, right arm, which causes Ed to go into sort of a crazy shonen rampage, beating up on Father. And at one point, Father is beaten up to the point where Greed shows up to join the fight but father begins to absorb greed from Ling's body. Um, they're able to uh, they're able to avoid it the first time, but the second time it happens, there's a really tight grip on greed. There's a really good brotherly friendship moment between Br- greed and Ling, in which uh, greed tells Ling that hey, you don't need me to become emperor of your place. Uh, Long Fun has a philosopher's stone. Take that. Go back to your country and. Rise up empowered that way. And Greed tells Ling goodbye and goes into the father's body. And he uses a piece of tech, uh, a piece of info that actually the old Greed experienced when he fought Al for the first uh, time, when he fought Ed for the first time, which was he turns father's body into very brittle carbon, which allows Ed to deliver a final punch, which frees all the souls from within father and sends father to confront his own gate. And in front of his own gate, he meets a reflection of himself called truth. And truth essentially mentions to him that father failed because even though he was given a part of a human and a chance to be, be a human, he never really trusted in himself. And he always depended on Absorbing power from other people and chasing blindly after the concept of God, which did not allow him to evolve as a person should. And because of that, the dwarf in the flask, homunculus, is then locked behind his own gate and trapped forever. Uh, We go back up to the surface of Central and Ed is really upset that Al sacrificed himself. And for a while, he laments. Um, some people give him some uh, solutions. Uh, Ling says, oh, why not use the Philosopher's Stone to bring him back? I got one right here. Uh, Ed's dad, actually, Hohenheim says, hey, use, use the last bit of myself to bring back Al. And Ed refuses both. One, because he promised Al that he would never use the Philosopher's Stone to bring their bodies back. And then he rejects Hohenheim because... It's his dad. He calls him a rotten father and starts to cry. And Hohenheim realizes what he suggested was, you know, a little insensitive. And so Ed actually comes up with a solution where he draws a human transmutation circle, declares that this is his final alchemic act, and sends himself back in front of, in front of his own gate. Um, there he's confronted by his form of truth, who asks him, what are you going to sacrifice this time to get your brother back? 
Al offers to sacrifice his entire gate, and Truth asks him a few questions. And like, are you going to lower yourself to being a normal human? How are you going to live? Are you going to be okay? Ed replies, he's always been human, and he doesn't need the power of alchemy because this entire journey has been caused because of alchemy and because of the arrogance that he grew because he thought that knowledge would make him strong. And he says in the end that the only thing he needs are the people around him, and that's what gives him true strength. Truth tells him he's told the correct answer, and essentially Ed is able to return with Al. Uh, as we conclude the fights, we see we see some resolution coming up. Um, Ed returns the tiny Selim to Miss Bradley. Mustang and Armstrong are lifted up as heroes. The uh, higher-ups in Central are labeled as traitors. Hohenheim is able to return to Trisha's grave and just talks with her briefly before he passes on with a massive smile on his face. Mustang is able to get a chance to regain his vision with a Philosopher's Stone that I think Dr. Marco still has. However, um, before he accepts the ability to regain his vision, Mustang actually asks that Havoc, who we haven't seen in ages, has the um, feeling in his legs returned to him first. So Mustang eventually gets his vision back and his, one of his men gets their legs back. Uh, Miles and Scar set out to rebuild the Ishvalan religion on a, on a journey that we could call an, another potential full Metal Alchemist spinoff. And at one point, Miles does ask if Scar has a name. Or like, he asks, hey, Scar, what's your name? All right, we, we, we went through 64 episodes of stuff. What's your name? And Scar goes, I've died twice. I'll need a name. And like, oh, his name's Scar. And then uh, finally, we have Ed and Al. They return to Risenbull, where Winry finally gets to cry those tears of happiness that Ed promised. And it, it's just great. Ling returns to the kingdom of Xing and becomes king. However, um, in, at the same time, he also promises to protect Mei's clan this time and all of the competing clans. And he attempts to break the cycle of oppression that has ruled the kingdom of Xing for so long. After that, we jump to about two years later. Ed's fixing a roof, which kind of reminds me of the opening of Golden Sun. Ed's not so good at f fixing the roof. He tries to use alchemy, but of course he doesn't have it anymore. And he's like, why do I even do this? Why am I doing free labor? Al pops up at one point and is like, oh, look, you know, if you fix this, if you fix the roof, Winry's going to make us apple pie. And so um, they, I, I don't know if he actually fixes the roof or he just comes down, but they get to enjoy some apple pie, I assume. Uh, we flash forward to we jump to Central where Grumman has become the new Fuhrer and he visits uh, Mrs. Bradley who is raising the tiny Selim. And the tiny Selim has grown up pretty fast and they just have a small conversation about asking about how Selim is doing. And Grumman does mention that if anything ever does seem off about her son, they were they are going to take him away. Then we go back to Ed and Al. They're chatting for a while. And Al mentions that he wants to go to the eastern kingdom of Xing. One, to go hang out with Mei, probably. And then two, to also study Alkahestry. He's joined by Jerzo and Zampano to go because they're still interested in regaining their bodies. And Ed sets off on a trip to the west. However, as he's about to set off on the train... 
he turns to Winry, who is there seeing him off, and awkwardly promises that if Winry will devote her life to him, he will devote his life to her in a 50-50 exchange. Winry, of course, is like, what do you even mean? You're a weirdo. I'm going to give you all of it. And then they both blush and Ed rides off on the train. It's a heartwarming scene. And as Ed is leaving on the train, he thinks to himself about how lessons that don't teach pain are worthless. Because to gain something always comes with sacrifice. And those who can endure that pain will eventually grow a strong heart made full metal. And then the first opening starts playing and and, and then the the tears, the tears come out everywhere and I'm sobbing and I'm crying. I'm sure, I'm sure Shang and Miss were both sobbing and crying too. Yep. hundred percent. Man, Luffy's just doing this whole podcast by himself these days. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Where am I? What, what year is it? Um, honestly, honestly, there's so much that I really liked about it, but, um, I actually want to open the floor up to you guys first in terms of what, what were the moments that made you guys smile the most? Or like, what's the most memorable thing about this batch of episodes for you guys? Oh man. What was um, memorable? That's a toughie because there's a that's lot. so tough. It's like, I could say Scar accepting the other half of, half of alchemy uh, I could say that Hohenheim being able to be a father, defending uh, Al and Ed. I can say how great Greed is a, as a character. I could be like, I could, hmm, the 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 tragic loss of uh, uh, I forgot his name. Oh no, Buccaneer. Fu. Oh, I miss Fu. I miss him already. What about you, Miss? I don't know. I I'm such a kid sometimes because I loved the two rage scenes we got, both Mustangs and Ed at the very end there. That's right. Both of those, like I I don't know why, but that first time where Mustang finally gets to hear Envy say, "Yeah, I killed Hughes," the face he made at the end of that episode it's gave super me chills. Twisted, right? Like holy <laughs> shit! I'm like okay. It's the payoff we've been waiting for for so long, and we finally got it, and then it kept going and going, and it and it kind of kept going in a way where it's like it's like going too far, mm-hmm. and Scar, Hawkeye, and Ed were were pretty right, uh, pretty much right in the way like to stop him because honestly, if he actually went through with it, with through his like this wrath, this anger he's going through he probably wouldn't have been the same man he 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 was before i i think he'd literally be the the dark ken or evil ryu version of his original self he'd be super Mm -hmm. twisted oh yeah but but i I like what scar literally tells him is that this is wrong but i have no right in judging uh uh, something along the lines of he can't judge him for his, his want for revenge or something like that. Uh, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like it's it's the pay it's the thing that literally happened in like the beginning of the, the anime, and it's the payoff that we've all wanted, and we got it. It was super satisfying. And then it was that one roll one loop in the roller coasters that we all wanted it so bad because how much we loved Hughes, because but we knew that we couldn't let it happen because this isn't Mustang for as much as. 
much we didn't like what happened to our boy Hughes, we gotta do it the right way. Begrudgingly so. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because I think all of us would have been super satisfied if Envy was just burned to, cri- burned to a crisp. Yeah, probably. Regardless probably. of that, Not- we couldn't let that happen to our boy Mustang as a, as a character development. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been so good for Mustang's character development. It may have been a character like anti-development, but, you know, it would have been satisfying. Yeah, see, oh, yeah. For yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. Actually, speaking about Mustang really briefly, like, that guy went through a lot, these set of episodes. Like, you know, like, he went down this, like, rage hole that he climbed himself out of, and then he was, like, redeemed. Then he was, like, put in a place where he had to do human transmutation, but at first... You thought he was going to want to do it. Then he says no. You're like, yeah, that's the way. That's the way Mustang. Then he gets forced to do it. Then he's blind. Then he feels useless for a while. Then he gets becomes really useful again in the final fight. And then he gets his vision back. I'm like, what What kind of roller coaster did I just go on? You mean, like, what, what happened to this man? It's the Mustang coaster, man. It's the future fewer. That's right. The ride coming to a Disney World near you soon. I, I appreciate the, the the teamwork that Hawkeye and Mustang have. Especially during the final fight against Father, where he's like, uh, where Hawkeye's giving directionals, like where to shoot the flames, and then like, clap, clap. He's like, I'm not used to this clap, clap. It's weird. <laughs> clap, clap is weird. <laughs> I just want to snap, snap. That's pretty much it, right? I mean, it's funny because he still snaps in the end. He does. But it's like, he's just like, oh, this whole clapping thing to do alchemy is just weird. Who does this? Freaks, I'll tell you. Freaks. <laughs> Freaks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that. I love that teamwork. Just to, just to be quick. like uh, Especially Hawkeye and Mustang. I think that's just a special brand of teamwork. But I also love the fact that like every single one of his subordinates is looking out for him in some way. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what payoff I didn't like. It was the Scar versus... Uh versus Pro- Bradley yeah Bradley fight I did not like that payoff oh really what because what was, what, it's what like was it's not it's not the, it? the like the ending I I thought it would be it was quite rather peaceful in Bradley's case mm-hmm yeah but I mean overall I mean I thought, I thought it was pretty great I the, it was for that fight it was cool that scar was like he didn't he does not like alchemy but you know what he accepts Accepted the weird thing his brother did, and used the, the other half of alchemy creation. Does pretty good, but it's not the end that I wanted for Bradley. All right, all right, Shang. Let let's break out that fan fiction book notebook you got oh, over there. Well, how how would it end if you wrote it? Greed would have beaten him. Oh, uh, ooh, oh, that would have been a good one. Yeah, especially yeah. since. Bradley was the one that killed all of the original Greed's family. Because I do... I'm not going to lie. Whenever Bradley was showing up, literally killed Fu, Fu tried his best, Buccaneer, you know, he did his best for literally being a bear. He's like, hey, could you do this solid for me? Greed's like, yeah. And he just goes crazy against Bradley. It was such a sick fight. If he would mm-hmm. like, I get, I get it that Bradley is so strong that he can't lose like that to greed. But I was still would have liked it regardless because it would have been the payoff for greed, especially like for pa- uh, for past greed. Because 
that, hey man, Bradley, you didn't have to kill all of them, man. You didn't have to do it, but he did it. He's he's a savage mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Like, honestly, there would have been like a satisfaction in terms of payoff for greed against uh, defeating Bradley. I think maybe, maybe there was like a hope for that fight, but it was just too hard logistically to figure out how greed would get down there that quick. But um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought the, I thought the fight in the end wasn't, wasn't too bad. I mean, Scar needed but, to be there anyways, but, cause he had to, he had to launch the circle. But what's more forgiving about that, I will say is that I am fine. Like greed doesn't just become like suddenly the hero of the whole anime, just destroying Bradley and nearly defeating father. Because mm-hmm. his impact in the fight against Father was so good that his death made me so sad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved it because he's like cackling inside Father. <laughs> like, hey, hey, look what I did to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm so good. <laughs> and then Father's like, I'm just going to uh, just like take a bite. And then, you know, oh, oh, oops. But then, like, at the end, like, he finally gets that. He gets the the idea of, like, comrades and, like, companionship from um, li- especially Ling and Ed looking at him. And he's like, hey, don't, don't, don't give me that look. This is all right. I'm happy. Because he, he finally got some He friends, finally right? got the so thing like, that he wanted. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved, I loved Greed's character story. I honestly, I thought it was the strongest out of everyone. Like, everyone had... It, it like varied. Some people had some good ones for the seven deadly sins, and other people had like endings that are just like I don't get it. Like sloths didn't seem so like meaningful. It was just like oh, man, it's troublesome dying, and then he and then he just disappeared. But when you have a guy who doesn't speak much and only says man, it's troublesome. I guess what can you do? You know. What about you, missed? What about you, missed? Oh, I don't know. I feel like everything that I had in mind has already been said. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the one weird thing is how Kimberly just like denies pride. <laughs> it seems like super weird. It was like out of love. That's very out of pocket. It's like I love Kimberly popping out, popping out out of nowhere. It's like oh, I'm gonna take over your body or something because we're like brothers or something. Like, yeah, cool. He'll he's gonna do it. Like, here comes Kimberly. Nah, <laughs> I, I ain't gonna let you do it. You're totally not being the pride character. You're being everything against who you are. I'm like, what? What? This I, isn't the pride I off, I accepted being eaten by. I, I had no idea that Kimberly was this strong. Like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, that's I, I love I love the 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 back and forth where uh, where pride is like. How can you keep your individuality in here? It's terrible. And then Kimberly's like, "I live for this. This is this is heaven to me." I'm like, what, "What's wrong with you, Kimberly? What was going?" It's great. Unhinged. I, like this. I love this. Oh my god. I love it. It's like a it's like a little sauna in here. <laughs> Get a good sweat on. Oh no. The um, the fights against father were pretty like pretty intense. Like I I feel like the the like animation level like reach like peak, like a peak in the fights against father, especially when like Ed got super unhinged and was just like launching everything he could. Like, I felt like the animation like jumped up a little bit at that point and it just made it much more enjoyable to watch. I agree. 
I definitely, I definitely shed a small tear, you know, when, when Al, you know, when Ed made the realization, like the scene where the, the five shurikens hit the area where his right arm would be, right? Ed at first is like confused. I don't know how the like animation directors did it, but they did such a good job of having his eyes like widen to be like, I know what's going on mm-hmm. and I don't like it, you know? And then like, Having the like scene play on the anguish and the feel- emotions in that scene where Al gives up his life so that Ed can have his right arm back, I thought was done expertly. Like it is so like it, the way it invoked the emotion out of me like was so good. I was like, oh no, he's gonna do it. Mm. Oh no, he's really gonna do it. Oh no, it's happening. Oh no, that's an arm. Oh no, that's and, an arm. Like the whole time oh. I was just like, yeah, like, that's a right arm. Oh. Oh no, it happened. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um the sad thing for Al I mean not the sad thing. The sad thing for Ed that I felt was like, how come like a few like metal bits are still stuck in his arm, you know? He is he ever gonna get rid of those or are they just like permanently a part of him? Part. Yeah, they're just there there. They're you know? just there. I was like, oops. But yeah, that that moment was really special. I I think really special to me. Um, in in terms of like the fights, everything else was just really good shown in action. Especially especially to double back the the wrath, the Bradley fight against um, Buccaneer and Fu is just so bloody. Mm-hmm. And I I don't I don't know what happened to Buccaneer and Ed, but their arms both exploded really fast. So someone's got to talk to their automail automail mechanics about that <laughs> but um i did like the moment where i did really like the moment where uh foo tries to blow himself up but then bradley stops it and he's like wow even even in my last breath i couldn't do anything but then with the help of buccaneer they're able to mortally wound bradley the first time i watched it i was like huh why would he say thanks, even though he just got stabbed and used as a shield, right? But then the second time I watched it, I think that, like, the feeling of wanting to be useful to your king no matter what is, like, was more clear to me. And I was like, okay, this scene makes more sense where Fu's like, thanks, Buccaneer, for stabbing me so that you could stab Bradley. But still, really, really sad. Honestly, both those characters, even though they were minor characters, I did, I did end up... They did end up growing on me a lot. Like all the characters in Full Metal Alchemist were done so well in a way that, like, no matter what, I don't feel like there was a character I just outright didn't like in terms of ones on the on the good guy's side. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, writing masterful. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just like th- th- this is a master class on how to evoke emotions. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's honestly, when we finished, I realized why this anime sits at number one on my anime list. It's just, it's just good. Like the way that every single character gets uh, a proper conclusion. Um, Every character gets some growth at the end. And then the way the story just ties itself together into a beautiful knot is just like, it's just good. Like when it ends you you're happy that everyone's happy but at the same time you're just you're also sad that it's over right and you want more but you're also happy that they all get to live their lives now it's 
I don't know. When I when I finished it, I was it was just a really bittersweet feeling for me. Which I think is the best kind of ending to have for a story like this because you you see all the characters you love moving on and making something of their lives. Um, and even some of the characters you didn't really like, but it's, it's, it's just, I, I felt it was an overall fantastic ending. Everything was where it should be. And I don't know if you guys watched the credits of the last episode where it goes to like all the pictures of people, yep. yes. but like the very end where, you know, there's Ed and Winry with their two kids and then Al's there and we get to see a grown up, uh, whatever the fuck her name was, tiny girl, May? whatever. Oh, May? was it May? Yeah, May. Yeah, we can see her all grown up, and obviously, you know, that worked out with Al, and it's just like, oh my gosh, everyone's so happy. I'm so happy, and now there's crap coming out of my eyes. What? Um, oh no, you're <laughs> going to get someone to see that. Oh no. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but I, I, I feel like that was one of the best ways they could have ended it, in my, my opinion. So what you're saying is, this is going to be a Full Metal, Metal Alchemist Brotherhood two. We can only dream. We're gonna have Shang. a, we're we gonna have a Boruto dream. moment. I say if, if they do, that's gonna be like Boruto. Boruto. Oh, no, Boruto. <laughs> I can't handle no more. No more Boruto, please. <laughs> Honestly, like she did, the the writer did leave a lot of open ended like stories that she could continue off of. Right, like we talked mentioned earlier, um, we could they they could start with Al's adventure, or they could even talk about. Um, there's something else I was thinking about, but I but I forgot. Um, oh, like um, you could even have like a Kingdom of Shing spinoff, you know? Like there there are a number of stories that you could touch upon. You can even talk about Ed, who doesn't know any more alchemy going out west. Because when you do think about it, like this story was was constructed within a very confined place, right? It was just a mistress. And then the desert to the right up to Xerxes, right? We never actually go into Shing. And we just go up to the desert just to see the the collapsed palace. And then um we go north up to uh up to at least the border with Drachma. But we never really go west and we never really go south. So like there's a lot to this world that like technically there could still be story made out of it. I'm just I'm just wondering if she'll ever decide if she wants to go back or not, or if she feels like she's just like happy with what she's told. I feel like with the photos kind of explaining how everything's turned out, you don't necessarily need to have those since you could, they could be in a form of like an OVA or a short, short like manga story mm-hmm. yeah. because unless there's like a big, like world ending evil, I don't necessarily think you can need another series for it. Unless mm-hmm. we, unless we learn like, Hey, something crazy happened in Shing that only Al can, uh, can do anything about which, Hey, you never know. No, but that's right. A voice came down from the sky. Al, only you can stop whatever's going on. But <laughs> I don't think that's going to be necessary since um, I forgot his name. Ling Ling became emperor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think if I were the writer, I would just leave it as it is. I think it's almost it's like almost the perfect story. Like everything is just. Everything was tied up beautifully. Everyone's happy, you know. I think sometimes it's better to just leave a story behind. Even though, like, I think me as an audience, I'm just like, please, tell me more, please. 
Where to, where to light novels to tell me about what's happening after the series? Just ended. watch the original then, hey? You know, they'd be like oh, super no. disappointed <laughs> on how it ends. <laughs> and then tell yourself, is this two different timelines or a continuity of the same timeline? Oh, no. <laughs> the cycle. The cycle never ends. Oh, no. You know what? By And in, in, I'm calling it right now. 2033. Full Metal Alchemist sisterhood right that that's why i don't write anime don't worry about it the the other (laughs) let me let me transition away from that really quick um there was one particular character moment i really liked in uh this batch of episodes and it was actually um armstrong the male armstrong's character moment right like Mm. uh we have flashbacks of him during the if chivalent war where he's like like you know like in the fetal position right he's like one of my what am I even in the army for? What am I fighting for? And in the fight against Sloth, he really finds his purpose, right? Especially fighting with his sister and the desire to both protect his country and to protect his sister in this fight. I feel like we get a really great moment with Alex Armstrong because at one point his shoulder is dislocated. And I think there's like a couple people that are like, hey, pull back. You're injured. Let your sister finish the fight or let us finish the fight. And he says something along the lines of, "Of you would you would have me leave a fight that I have a purpose in fighting for," and he he opts to stay. He gets that shoulder replaced, not replaced, um, set oh. back in place, and then he's able he's, he's able to destroy Sloth. So like I I love that for him because like for the most part he's kind of comic relief in the in the series right he's just a sparkly how man dare. who has a lot of muscles how and he's just really dare lovable you say that yeah, I'm, I'm sorry comic Shane, I'm relief sorry. that man's a role model <laughs> that's right he's a comic relief role model oh oh bring in bring in happiness wherever he goes but in the final episodes he he brought us he brought us some real some real stuff to be proud of Alex Louise Armstrong comic relief. That's right. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. Alex Louise Armstrong comic relief. Oh no! Can't believe this. Shit. I also did like. It won't be the title of the episode. I I did like um the sister also because the sister was always just gonna be like really tough the ice against, queen against baby the ice queen herself. But you know she she shows she cared at the end. There was there were moments of caring in there. And I, I did like that, you know, like, even though, like, she trains everyone to be really tough, she does, in the end, still care about her subordinates, and they're just not tools to her. And really, really good character, and I, I think the scenes with her gave us a lot more to like about uh, for her. So, really happy about that. There were there were a lot of like there's like a few themes that are like touched upon in the closing moments of the series that I I really don't have a really good grip on right now. I might I might talk about it more in our next episode when we do the retrospective. But what I would say is like the the fuzzy feeling I got when the the the, the series ended, I I feel like was done really well. The part the part that really made me shed a tear, man. It was Hohenheim. I knew it. There, in front of Trisha's grave, with the biggest smile on his face. I'm so sorry, Pinico. Your chance never came, but I was so happy for Hohenheim to, to finally have 
that moment. You know, I like when Pinico is like, oh, you you crazy old fool. What are you doing? And then she realizes, like, oh. And then she cries, like, oh. Pinico, no. She's, she's sad. Her friend finally she's passed sad. on happily. Uh, Hohenheim, Hohenheim ended up being probably my favorite character of the series. I don't know how, but he had the... He had the best misunderstood dad redemption arc I've ever seen in a story. Easily. Yeah. Went from went from us all thinking he was some deadbeat dad that abandoned his family to him standing up, saving his family, offering to sacrifice his life to bring bring his son back, trying to do just one good deed a good father would do. And then finally being able to return home to his wife. Oh man! Yeah, Shinji's dad could learn a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, Shinji's dad take some notes. Honestly, um, I I did I did like his final words about like how he's lived this immortal life and he's learned a lot about humans. But in his final moments, as he's about to die, he's like, "Man, I don't want to die." It's like such a human thing to say, and I think that like that re that brings back his humanity as someone who has been immortal for so long his final moments are are a human moment and it's like i think nothing else would fit him perfectly all right that being said um did you guys have anything else that you guys wanted to add i i kind i think i just i think i just droned on and on and on there's there's too much i like i mean it's it's the whole point it's fine so much so much good stuff man so much good stuff the last thing i want to say on hohenheim that i thought was super cool is when he's confronting father and they're talking about like the souls that make up their philosopher stones, and he just he just casually mentions, "Oh yeah, these you know five hundred thousand souls inside of me. I've conversed with each and every single one of them, and I have gotten their story and whatnot. And that's why they helped me. And that's why he was able to you know have them help with that that transmutation circle, all those things. And I just thought that was kind of a cool thing. It's like, oh wow, that kind mm-hmm. of goes to show you know exactly what Hohenheim is like." You know, and I think helped in in, yeah. in his redemption arc. But yeah, that's just, just a small little thing I found cool that I that I wanted to throw in there. No, for sure. I I think um, I mean, if if you think about it yourself, like, would would you, if you had all the time in the world, talk to five hundred thousand people and apologize to them for what happened when it wasn't your fault, and get them to side and side with you in the fight against this dude? I I would be like, hey guys, can you keep it down in there? It's a little loud. I I want to hear my own thoughts. Hey man, what, <laughs> what else are you do with all that time, huh? I I don't know. And take a food tour of the world. Like I heard there's some good chicken ramen up there in in uh, Drachma. That, I don't, that I don't doesn't know. exist oh, yet. You gotta wait a couple hundred years. No, I heard there's some great sauerkraut down down what? in Sour, uh, what? West West City. I, <laughs> did I say it wrong? <laughs> Sausages? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'd pick up some farming, you know, have a nice farm. And then when that goes downhill, I might, you know, become a, I don't know, a scuba diver. Pick up a hobby for a while. You're a scuba diver now? What is going on? What timeline are you in? That's right. Hohenheim with his new Apple Watch Ultra is now going scuba diving. But anyway, other than that, other than that. Long timeline. Yeah, I mean, if we don't have anything else to add on, uh, maybe we can move towards what was your favorite episode from this batch that we watched? 
Yes. Oh, I see. I Can see. I Shane brings to the table <laughs> all of them. Ah, oh, Mist also brings to the table no, no. all of them. It, it, I think if I had to choose, it would be. Um, is it fifty three and fifty four, or is it fifty two and fifty three? Uh, fifty three and fifty four. Yeah, fifty three and fifty four. Yeah, I think those are probably my two favorite, just because of the absolute emotional roller coaster that they were. I mean, they're all great, but those those two stick out in my mind the most. Well, if you had me tied up and at gunpoint, you might as well take me out now because I loved all of them, all right? <laughs> I don't know, Shane. Who's tying you up and has you at gunpoint? You won't make me choose because I love all of them. <laughs> this reminds me of the time where we used to recommend anime at the end of the podcast and Shane would bring like seven of them. And oh, we, no. I'd be like, oh, you're supposed to only bring one. He's like, I love all of them. <laughs> so I remember specifically which one it was. It's like, so Shane, which uh, anime you, which anime do you recommend? I recommend the Dot Hack series. Uh, Shane, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> you you got to choose which one specifically. All of them. What? What? But Shane, you can't just do that. But they're all so good. Who cares about Sao? Dot Hack was first. That's right. Dot Hack was first. Um. All right. Don't worry, Shane. We'll accept all of them. We'll accept all of them. Next time, we'll be asking what our favorite episodes from the entire sixty-four are. Are you ready for that? All of them. Oh, oh, oh. I've decided. This guy. Shang's all about that equal spirit, you know? Like, everything is loved equally. <laughs> Out of a score of 1 to 10 for all of them, they all get a 1 because I love every single one of them equally. <laughs> oh, no, why are they all, they're all 1s. No. I love them all equally. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I like 63. I, I think it was it was really obvious for me once I saw Hohenheim pass away peacefully. I think that very quickly made him my favorite character and also made this that my favorite favorite episode also it was just a conclusion to everything you know ed finally confronted his gate of truth was able to you know learn from all the experiences of the past 63 episodes and state that you know like i don't need alchemy to be happy i got my you know i got people i love and you know that's a great message in itself you see this ending makes so much more sense in the way he sacrifices his alchemy instead of getting transported to a world without alchemy (laughs) <laughs> it, it, yeah didn't he go to that's some like world war II world yeah <laughs> that's, what, that's what he, oh, no. he in order to get his bot his brother's body back he had to sacrifice himself to be transported a world without alchemy to learn the truth that alchemy was being used to in this world by the sacrificing of people i'm like what huh what? no no we don't want that's this for right. him no because now, in the world, the world he's from, it's just his brother and Winry, and they're sad. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know what? The The movie, the movie for Full Metal Alchemist makes it better. I forgot what they do in there, but it makes it better. Does it? I think so. I think, like, everyone goes to Ed's world or something, and they, like, rescue Ed. I don't remember. That movie's crazy. Also, there's some, like, podcast listener out there that's like, who's spoiling the end of Full Metal Alchemist for me? I was gonna watch that oh, next. No. Oh, well, joke's on you, sucker. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Honestly, I might I might go back and rewatch the original Full Metal Alchemist. It's been so long that I, like, I probably wouldn't well, You're gonna get a really knows? in-depth Lior lore. Oh, that's right. Because they went that's right. in they on Lior. 
Yeah, and they they spend a lot of time with good old Rose. Yeah. I think I think the whole segment with the Chimera is a lot sadder than the original one. Mm. Oh, it's definitely longer. It's like more drawn out and more uncomfortable too. Speaking of Nina, I did like that they brought her back at the end of the series. Like just the thought of it, you know, like everything that drove Ed and Al in their journey was because of the tragedy that happened at the beginning. And the idea that like with all their power as alchemists, they couldn't even save one little girl. I I like that. I like that throwback as like a source of what cat, what was their catalyst for wanting to, you know, be better as human beings. I, I, I thought that was a good, that was a good like um, throwback. But other than that, uh, let's move towards some closing thoughts. So we're we're here at the end of Full Metal Alchemist. I mean, we're not going to be done talking about Full Metal Alchemist just yet. Next time, we're going to be doing a retrospective piece where we're just going to be talking about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood as a whole. And there will probably be a bunch of questions I'm going to be asking all of us, and we'll just answer them as we go. But um, for now, do you guys have any closing thoughts about the episodes that we watched for this episode? No, not really, no. Uh, yeah, nope. All right. Well, you know what? I had a great time talking with you guys. I had a great, I don't know how many months we spent in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, but I had a great time. I hope you guys did as well. Um, next time we meet up, we'll be talking about uh, more Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood in a retrospective piece. And um, hopefully everyone who is listening will look forward to it then. And But until then, thank you, as always, for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening to us ramble on and on as three broke dudes talk about anime. Uh, but until then... My name's Luffy. My name's Shang. And I'm Mist. <laughs>